It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate you making us your first listen as you drive to work, maybe. And we're brought to you today by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. James, we're going to start today by taking a look at some futures odds. The Bengals. Add three starting offensive linemen. They add a bunch of speed to the defense in the draft. They replace CJ Uzama. Everybody else is coming back except Larry Joby as far as big contributors. And despite all that, the Bengals are tied. Not even standalone in second to win the AFC North, but tied for second to win the AFC North at plus 210, according to Bet Online, behind the Browns. At plus 190, tied with the Ravens ahead of mm-hmm. only the Steelers in the division. Now, I think this is interesting because you go look at conference futures, James, and out of all of those teams, the Bengals have the best odds of any AFC North team to win the AFC behind the Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos, but ahead of the Browns and Ravens. And mm-hmm. Dolphins, apparently. Are the next one on the list? <laughs> really thinking a lot of Tyree Kill's addition down there, I guess. But yeah, what what do you think? What do you make of this? Because to me, this is interesting behavior from the odds makers. I think that they're trying to get the you know Browns fans to you know bet on their team and to buy in on the you know the Deshaun Watson train and people to buy in on the fact that the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, were injured and banged up. Um, But the reality, and I do think we live in reality here, even though this is locked on Bengals, you know, where it's not biased. It's not biased Bengals. It's locked on Bengals. So we talk about the Bengals every day. That doesn't mean we're always going to say the best things about the Bengals or be pro Bengals, but we're going to be honest about the Bengals. And honestly, the bank. That's a great podcast idea, though. Somebody needs to make biased Bengals. You're welcome for for the idea. You just birthed the podcast. There you go. Probably did. Um, but that's not our job, right? Our job is to you know give people honesty. And honestly, the Bengals are the best team in the AFC North. And the reason could start with Joe Burrow, but you've heard plenty about Joe Burrow on this podcast. Where's the huge gaping hole in their roster? This weakness that seems so big that they can't, oh, it was the offensive line. And well, I don't think they have the worst offensive line in the division anymore. It's the best offensive line Joe Burrow's had maybe since high school. <laughs> okay. So, and I don't mean talent wise, obviously it's that, but I mean, consistently, I, you know, it's not like that LSU line was great. His offensive line was terrible the first two years uh, that he was in the NFL. So they they've, 
maybe not completely fix that. And we'll talk about left guard plenty uh, in the next couple of days, weeks, months uh, leading up to the start of the season. But they appeared to fix a lot of that issue. Cornerback, 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 Eli Apple. Well, he was actually pretty good last year, despite what people say. And they addressed it by taking three members of the secondary, including a guy in Cam Taylor Britt, who I think is going to push Eli Apple from the jump, a guy in Daxon Hill, who, who's extremely versatile. And if Mike Hilton gets dinged up, he can play there. Or if Jesse Bates gets dinged up or Von Bell gets dinged he can play all these spots. So the depth in the secondary is better. And that was the other part. Yeah, you could talk about defensive tackle some, but they did get – BJ Hill back and they still have DJ reader and you get my point. I'm not going to go piece by piece, but all of these other teams have flaws, giant question marks and all of these things, Jake. And meanwhile, the Bengals are bringing back Joe Burrow coming off of a healthy off season, have added all these pieces, kept their coaching staff, which I think is really big considering they went 10 and seven, won the AFC North and the conference last year, went to Super Bowl 56. And so to me, Again, this isn't biased Bengals. This is reality Bengals. They are the best team in the AFC North. They should absolutely uh, have the best odds to, to repeat as conference champions. And they should be the favorite, not tied for second, not third, not 52nd, not ninth. No, no, no. First, they should have the highest odds. And I get it. The odds makers are trying to take advantage of the Browns fans that are thinking that this year is the year but the Bengals have the better quarterback, the more sustainable roster. Um, they've added to their biggest weaknesses. And to me, hands down, uh, the most complete team in this division. So to me, the, the Bengals should be the favorite. And they're not. That's fine. I think Bengals fans are more comfortable with it that way. That being said, I, I think it's very clear that Joe Burrow and company, they're the, the class of the AFC North after what they did last year. 52nd? Is that one of the things they shouldn't be 52nd? How many teams in the not, AFC North? They shouldn't be 52nd. They shouldn't be second. They shouldn't be fifth. Um, 52nd. I, that's probably why I said 52 is because that might be the number of points Joe Burrow puts on the rest of the AFC North in the six matchups per game, by the way, not total 52 points per game, given uh, what they have on offense. So uh, you, you never know, never say never, but there's not another team in this division that has the firepower and the quarterback and the offensive line, all of those things that this Bengals team has. And so that alone, you might get a 52 sp two piece at, at first energy stadium or MNT bank stadium or Heinz field. If you're one of these teams, that have to take on the Bengals in the AFC North. Meanwhile, there are Browns fans on Twitter screaming that Joe Burrow is 0-3 against the Browns. Sure. And, and you know, there are Browns that. fans that haven't seen Deshaun Watson play a single snap for their team, and they're bending over backwards to support his candidacy to bring them out of the, the dark ages in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Baltimore Ravens fans, like you said, they're talking about getting healthy. They're talking about improving their offensive line, perhaps with Tyler Linderbaum, mm -hmm. adding a bunch of pieces to the defense with Kyle Hamilton and the return eventually of David Ojabo bolstering the pass rush and Travis Jones helping them up the middle, getting Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey back and getting all these guys back from injury. Mm -hmm. But there are holes, like you said. You look at these teams, and we we talk about receivers a lot because the Bengals have one of the best wide receiver units, if not the best wide receiver unit in the NFL. If you ask Mike Clay, if you ask a lot of Bengals fans, the best wide receiver unit in the NFL. The Browns have Amari Cooper, 
who by many measures, as Joe Goodberry pointed out on Twitter over the weekend, is not even as good as T. Higgins at wide receiver. He's not. No, right. not, I, I don't even – he's not. And, the, and that's and, the part. And there's plenty of evidence, I guess, to back this up because somebody challenged him on this, I sure. think. And so he's like, here's – okay, here, here's what they've done. Yep. What are we talking about here? He didn't no, think okay. he was crazy and he wasn't. So the best receiver on the Browns and the only receiver on the Browns Unless you think David Bell is going to have a, a great Maybe. breakout in Cleveland as a slot receiver, and he'll probably be fine. Mm-hmm. David Njoku coming on the on the franchise tag for the Browns with Deshaun Watson being the addition. Maybe the Browns are thinking, you know, we have the same offensive line. We'll run the ball. They're, they got worse at center, obviously, yeah. with J.C. Treader leaving. For now, who knows? He's still unsigned, I guess. But Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, Kareem Hunt thinking we're going to run the ball a lot. We're going to throw to our tight end. We're going to throw to Amari Cooper when we have to with a better quarterback than when we had to throw the ball last year, but they still don't really have it a defensive interior. And Denzel Ward is good. JOK is good. To me, John Johnson is good, but there are a lot of holes on that defense or question marks, at least for mm-hmm. the Browns. So is it really just Deshaun Watson that's pushing their odds up? Seems that way. For the Ravens, it's, Health projection, new defensive coordinator, going to run a lot of Alabama concepts with Mike McDonald taking over for that Baltimore defense. But again, largely the same team offensively with less firepower. Yes, Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Yes, Rashad Bateman's probably going to be a good player. But who else? Lamar Jackson, sure. Uh, A varied running attack, sure. But... I agree with you, James. From a team holistic perspective, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know that these odds represent the teams most likely to win the AFC North. No. We talk- in, Go ahead. You were about to tease, and, and we are going to react to that Mike Potts interview and the Bengals director of college scouting. But yeah, I, they're all flawed. And the Bengals address their biggest flaw and their second biggest flaw. And so to me, Call us crazy. Maybe they are going to call us biased Bengals, uh, you know, with these other podcasts, you know, locked on Steelers and locked on Browns and uh, locked on Ravens. You know what? They can, because I think the Bengals are clearly the best team. But we will react to our Mike Potts interview coming up next. But first, a word from Bet Online, because maybe you want to just take advantage of the fact that the Bengals aren't favored to win the AFC North, and you can do that with Bet Online right now. It's your number one source for all your betting stats, sports info, and taking people's money who don't want to wager. Uh, on the Bengals right now, they're plus two ten on Bet Online to win the AFC North. You can find all of the latest sports developments, whether it's NFL related or NBA, Major League Baseball, the NBA playoffs in full swing. My Golden State Warriors, as we record this, just two say two games away from the Western Conference Finals. Hopefully, Steph Curry and company can get that done. Maybe you want to wager on them. Maybe you want to wager on the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics. You can do all of that and so much more at Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up for free. Bet online where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. James, we had a couple of great conversations. Well, one great conversation over two episodes with Mike Potts. Those are available last Thursday and Friday. If you missed them, the Bengals Director of College Scouting, I thought was pretty open with us talking about the Bengals draft and talking about how some things broke down as the Bengals navigated the draft. And as as happens every year, I, I get more sold on the draft class after it's complete. You start to think about the fit. You start to think yep. about how these guys are going to translate. And it's really easy to talk to you, talk, talk you into, talk yourself into thinking more of these players after they've been picked. Cordell Volson went from a guy I hadn't heard of to a guy that's like, oh yeah, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. he starts here. Zachary Carter goes from, I was, I would have rather had Perry and Winfrey in that spot to, I can see how he could contribute right away and how he could be a versatile piece right away and how he could be good right away. So talking to Mike Parts is part of that, but even he was ready to acknowledge, you know, our board as he referred to it in, in several interviews, I think it was getting picked over. Mm-hmm. And after the first round where they felt comfortable, they felt enough pressure to trade up twice. We talked to him about what into that, what went into that, but what an interesting draft for them to navigate at the bottom of each round. And in a draft where they, they clearly, I think thought that there were some clear drop-offs coming like right before they picked twice. Yep. I I think there was, and that's why they moved up and and it was painful for them, but it's uncharted territory and and it's something, you know, they've picked late before, but late is like 24th, you know, 22nd, 21st. And, and, And so that's much, much different than 31st. And at the end of each round, because fallers, yeah, you can have a faller or a couple fallers on the board. It to where you're comfortable moving down, which they had done historically in the middle rounds, maybe even in the first round. That wasn't the case. And in fact, it was the other way. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting because historically the Bengals aren't this aggressive franchise, right? They don't do that. But they also haven't been in this position. And it, it could open their mind up. One, they've been extremely aggressive in free agency the past three off seasons. But now draft-wise, it was like, oh, well, if we're drafting at the end of the draft, at least in this class and maybe others, you know, maybe they draft 32nd next year, and and it isn't the case. But to me, at least based on this draft where they thought the depth was, there was clear, like you said, drop-offs. Mike Potts acknowledged that. And I'm just glad, above all, one, I love the aggressiveness. I also love that they stuck to their board because this idea that they would take two safeties I think is – you know, shocking to a degree, but get the players right, right? That that has been, and I get it. They would definitely wanted to address corner. It's part of the reason why they moved up for Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, understand it. And it, but the fact that they were able to do that because they saw the drop off and they're like, let's get our guy and we'll feel good about it. I think that is the way to draft because you can sleep well at night versus, ah, oh, we needed this position. So we took the best guy at this position. That's, to me, how you fail. And, and it started with Dax Hill. It's by one of the reasons why, at least, I was so high on it. Um, but yeah, the Bengals, I, I think it's pretty clear. 
that they were frustrated during the draft at times because they were getting their board was getting picked over and poached and it was like ah it was maddening but they uh they pivoted and they adjusted on the fly and they do what good franchises do in my opinion they get aggressive they get their guys and they trust their board you obviously hope their board is right they only added six guys i i that's the biggest shock still two trade-ups six players added but uh obviously guys that they believe in yeah and one one thing that maybe my favorite part i agree with you that the six picks remains the most surprising thing about their draft i don't think that's going to change unless like cordell volson becomes a first team all pro as a rookie that would be as a rookie oh my god that would be a little bit more surprising than than picking only six players but yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. no you were waiting for me yeah, I, honestly, I would just stop at all pro, even if it's not as a rookie. I would still <laughs> yeah. be shocked if that yeah. dude becomes an all pro in year three. Well, uh, whew, I'll be surprised. And that's not a knock on Cordell Volson. I mean, becoming an all pro is pretty damn hard. It's hard. It's really hard. I mean, there, there's some really good guards in the AFC or in the NFL, I should say, because all pros and uh, a league wide accolade. But my favorite part of talking to Mike Potts, there, there were two. One was there's been this back and forth since Dax Hill was drafted as to whether or not he could play outside corner. And so instead of just, just talking about it, hypothetically, I just got to ask Mike Potts if he thought Dax Hill could play anywhere in the secondary. And he said, yeah, I think he has the skill set to do it. There's nothing in his profile that says he couldn't. The athletics, Jay Morrison and uh, Paul Daner Jr. also talked to, uh, oh, which scout was it? Sarkeesian about where Dax Hill can play. Mm -hmm. Same thing. So the Bengal scouts consistently, I think, believe that he could play anywhere in the secondary, which is fun. If if he needs to play outside, it's additional depth to play outside corner. My other favorite thing that, that Mike Potts told us and revealed to a couple interviews, I think, was when they traded up in the second round, he talked about, you know, we had four or five guys and we, we and they started getting picked. They started going off the board before we were able to pick. And we we wanted to make sure we stayed in that tier before there was a drop off. Cam Taylor Britt, especially at corner, being the last player of that echelon to the Bengals. And you look at some of the players picked before Cam Taylor Britt. One of them, I think, that he's talking about is certainly Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado State, was linked to the Bengals heavily before the draft. And I think if he was available, they would have been all over it. Looking at some of the other ones picked, Sky Moore from Western Michigan. I wonder if they're interested in Sky Moore. Agreed. There at that point of the draft. I wonder if they're interested in Luke Gadecki, who's going to play guard for Tampa Bay from Central Michigan. Teammate of Bernard Raymond, picked before Bernard Raymond. A bit of a mm-hmm. surprise. I, I wonder if they were also interested and and some of the other receivers that went right before them there. But what that tells you is, is the Bengals were open to receiver in the second round. And they were certainly looking at offensive line and tight end. It's not like they were focused on corner. It was just those other guys went and then they had Cam Taylor Britt as the last player in the tier. And it just so happened that he was a corner. So I, I, I like that they were, 
interested in those options. I, I kind of wish one of them had worked out. Those would have been fun picks. The the Sky Moores and Trey McBrides of the world, those would have been fun players to talk about. Cam Taylor Britt's fun too. And I'm not trying to knock him, but you you know, you've got me on the offensive weapon mindset these days, sure. James. Yeah. And, and no, I totally get that and understand it. And <clears throat> that's what was so refreshing about what they did at pick 31. Because they could have easily taken Kyler Gordon and said, biggest weakness, best player, top player, top cornerback on our board. And it feels like that was the guy at 31 uh, from a cornerback standpoint. Um, but they had a higher grade on Dax Hill, like clearly, like in, in he said it, you know, number one player on our board. And he didn't need to say it. We knew it. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, the fact that they stuck to their board was huge and I agree with you. I think they would have been open to some of these other positions potentially, uh, in round two, it didn't work out. And again, that's a uh, evidence that, uh, they stuck to their board versus reaching. Cause it, I don't think they plan on taking five defensive players in one offensive lineman. That was not the plan, but it was the plan based on how the draft played out and their board, which is always good to see, right. Them sticking to their board have anything else otherwise we can dive into this schedule which is about to be wild my, my closing comment is as, as rosy as we are now we'll see if it pays off because generally speaking trading up is not a good way to hit more picks and that's something that will be very interesting to walk watch that's my last thought these guys they traded up for will they be contributors and starters that justify it and you're only giving up a sixth and a seventh round pick but generally more swings are good they also said that a lot of the CFA guys they can't talk about yet are guys they had draftable grades on. So they feel really good about their haul, and we'll see how it plays out because NFL teams don't get this right all the time, and we'll see. We'll see if the Bengals keep up their recent string of hitting and drafts, and that's what will be interesting. But let's go to the schedule, James. Sounds like prime time is going to be heavy in the Bengals' future in 2022. We'll dive into that in just a second. But first, a word from Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. What's Built Bar? Well, they're protein bars that are covered in 100% chocolate. They're high in protein. They're low in sugar. They're low in calories. And they taste amazing. And they come in a bunch of different flavors that you're going to love. So, well, they're perfect. They're awesome. They're uh, the reason why, uh, you know, I, I plug them so much. And when people see me out and about, they're like, oh, James, he's the Built Bar guy. Yeah, because they're great. I, you know, I wouldn't say it otherwise if they weren't. So you need to check them out if you have it at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You're going to get 15% off your order. And maybe you've ha you have had them and you need to add another order, you know, order some more. Maybe you're running low on supply. Well, don't delay. Just go to Built.com. Check out all of their different flavors maybe get one of their puffs the protein infused marshmallows which are awesome and covered in chocolate and high in protein and low in sugar check them out right now built.com promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off this is david harrison of the locked on commanders podcast and this episode is brought to you by discover looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service anytime sounds like a real game changer if you ask us make the right call and get the service you deserve with discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card dan horde recently spoke with mike north who serves as the nfl's vice president of broadcast planning and on its face 
in the history of the Bengals, when would this have been an interesting interview to look to listen to until this year? Because this year, Dan Horde asked Mike North, how many primetime games should the Bengals expect to play this year? Mm-hmm. A lot being the answer, not just primetime, but also the Sunday afternoon 425 window, which is the highest rated window, according to Mike North. That's where more fans watch games than any other window. But he said, I would expect, frankly, the maximum number of primetime games for the Bengals this year. We max out at five. In some combination of Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday nights, I would expect the Super Bowl team from the AFC to be a maximum primetime team this year. And Mm -hmm. while that seems really logical and obvious, was there not a little bit of doubt in your mind? Like Mike Hilton said, it's the Bengals that they wouldn't get these primetime games. They wouldn't get this kind of excitement from the the schedule makers and from the networks that are scheduling these games. Because I had some of that doubt, even off the Super Bowl run. Did you really? Yeah, I I didn't because in in it in it really doesn't have to do with the Super Bowl to me. And obviously having success matters, but it's because they have stars, right? You can't deny Joe Burrow's a star. He's the first star quarterback the Bengals have had since Boomer. Not good quarterback or great quarterback this season or that season. Star. People identify with him. You could go uh to a Walmart in Texas. Uh, Walmart in Washington, all across the country, and see a Burrow jersey and not really blink. And that wasn't the case with Palmer or Dalton uh, or Akili Smith or David Klingler or John Kitna or all these guys that, that played quarterback. And obviously the Bengals have had pretty good quarterback play, especially over the past two decades. But that's the first thing. The second one is there's another star, and his name is Jamar Chase. Um, and, and he just absolutely shredded. Everybody knows him because he either won you your fantasy league, ended your fantasy league by by winning it for somebody else, um, or you just saw him dancing on red zone on Sunday. So like that's the the thing is the the Bengals are as fun as they've been to me since 05 and they have two legitimate stars in the two I'm not going to say two most important positions but at the most important position in sports. And then at wide receiver, which has never been as, as crucial and as important in the NFL as it is today. So it, it doesn't surprise me. That being said, this is the opportunity, Jake. To, and this is how we'll tie in the Mike Hilton part of it. If the Bengals win this year, it'll slow, it, it's gonna, and it's gonna be a slow burn, but it's going to end the it's the Bengals. At, at some point that does end. And I get it. It doesn't end after one season. But if you you win 12 of these 17 games and you you have a winning record on primetime and people remember uh, Jamar doing the gritty and T. Higgins just skying over people for touchdowns and Joe Burrow celebrate, then that's, uh, you know, that's going to make an impression on people. So they have a chance to turn this reputation completely around, but you got to do it for more than one season. And at least five primetime games, they're going to get a chance to do that. It took the Bengals a little bit longer than the Patriots, but the Patriots were the Bengals until Tom Brady. They had two AFC championships before Tom Brady came along, and they hadn't won the Super Bowl. Sounds like the Bengals. The, the Patriots went to the went to the Super Bowl in 85 and 96, and they didn't win. And then Tom Brady came along and they won a bunch, right? They went they lost some Super Bowls too, but they won they won six, obviously, with Brady. 
And and I think that's part of it. But you mentioned the Bengals have stars. Something else that we can mention related to this, the uh, top 50 sales for players, like the merchandise, most popular mm-hmm. merchandise in the NFL was recently published from March 1st of 2021 until the end of February 2022. Joe Burrow ranked fourth in the NFL for merchandise sold behind Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. How about Josh Allen? Buffalo fans showing out. But obviously Mahomes and Brady have been doing this for a while. Ahead of Mac Jones at fifth, Patriots fans thinking Mac Jones is the future. But then you get down, and and there's only a few non-quarterbacks up here. George Kittle at seventh, TJ Watt at 12th, CD Lamb at 13th. The the Cowboys always do big merch sales. Aaron Donald, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Jamar Chase, 17th. Ah, so a couple of Cowboys up there. Dak Prescott's mm-hmm. up there too. And that's why the Cowboys always get all these primetime games, right? But you got Joe Burrow at fourth and Jamar at 17th. You talk about stars. Well, mm-hmm. there's some proof that the Bengals have the star power to sell and to pull in viewers. And I think you look at just the ratings in the Cincinnati market all year. Mm-hmm. The Bengals always showed very well, but we know that there will be a lot of primetime games. You look at the schedule, and what 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 teams do you think are most likely to pull these primetime games? Here are the top candidates to me when I look at it. The Ravens, I think, at least one of those games should be a primetime game, right? The Bills, I think, is a great candidate for primetime games. Game, the Chiefs, the AFC Championship rematch. The Tom Brady Bowl, Tom Brady passing the torch when he is defeated by Joe Burrow in Tampa Bay, right? That's that's how we have to talk about it because we're biased <laughs> Bengals today, apparently. And the Cowboys, because we talked about how the Cowboys pull down ratings and, and star power. Those are the big ones that stand out to me. Maybe the Browns with Deshaun Watson, maybe the Steelers for the old rivalry. Anything else stand out to you as a potential primetime matchup? Uh, the Buccaneers for sure. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's number one. Uh, the Browns, and it's tough because you have the potential suspension for Deshaun Watson. But I, you know, the past few years, the Browns and, and Bengals have had some good matchups, and now you have this weird, unique situation. Um, but will they be reluctant to put the Browns in, in prime time? Maybe because they just weren't as good last year and you, you just have a lot of uncertainty surrounding them. Um, I, I actually think a, a sneaky one and you probably want to do it early in the year, but a Tua versus Burrow Miami Dolphins. That, that, Thursday could be night. Interesting. that has Thursday night written all over it, given the Bengals Dolphins Thursday night history. And, and but you know, that would be, a, I, I think would be a, a sneaky good candidate there. Um, but yeah, I, I, and then I, the other one, I guess the Patriots could be kind of interesting, you know, I mean, but, but they overall, I, 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 overall, I agree with you. I mean, I would put the chiefs, the bills um, to me, you, you could do the Ravens for sure. And, and then outside of that, you know, the Buccaneers. And then the other one would be uh, Mr. Mentor himself, uh, Ryan Tannehill and in the Tennessee Titans, uh, you know, it's Joe Burrow and company go back down there, the spot they won the divisional round. In, in that rematch. So that, that could be the other one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that there are a lot of them, but the, the point being in most of these is Burrow, Chase, and the Bengals, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if you put 
the Ravens, well, which is more interesting? Yeah, they got Lamar, but the Bengals are more interesting in that matchup. The Cowboys, yeah, it's a huge fan base, but the Bengals are a better team. Like, and that that's the fun part is I, I think there's probably eight or nine games that you could say primetime with a question yeah. mark at the end of it. And so you got to pick five of them. And, and it's going to be fun to see which five. The schedule comes out, by the way, Thursday at eight o'clock. Uh, so we'll react to it as well uh, on our Friday show. That episode will drop Thursday night. There's also the potential like for the Ravens that it gets flexed late in the year if it has division implications, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's not one of the ones that's initially scheduled. One we haven't talked about at all, and the last one I'll bring up is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase going back to Louisiana to play the Saints, which we believe will be Louisiana. Yeah, it's a good one. I just don't know if it has a ton of national intrigue right. right maybe you do the maybe you do the 425 route for that game because I, I do think it's awesome for new orleans it's awesome for the state of louisiana and it's really cool for them but outside of that is it you yeah. know james versus joe so that's the part that's interesting because i don't know i don't know the answer to that but that's uh, why that's why we're bringing it up at the end as like the it, last little sneaky one you know I, I do hope it does stay put because i want some gumbo and I want to get my my tail down there for that. I did not want that to be overseas, and it's not going to be. So uh, excited, excited to to hit the the road and go to New Orleans. Some good food down there. That is exciting. Some good road trips in general, potentially. I guess if you like New York, the Jets game would be fun. If you like mm-hmm. Nashville, that's fun. If you want to, if, if the Tampa game is late in the year, if you want to get out of the cold, the Tampa one will be fun. And New Orleans, I think, is is always a fun destination. Anyway, really excited to see the schedule, find out which primetime games the Bengals get when they land on the schedule. Which uh, which days? Is it, is it a lot of Sunday night games? Do they, obviously, they get a Thursday night, but I feel like it's been a long time since we saw the Bengals play a Monday night. And that's more of a feeling than trying to recall a fact because I cannot recall the fact. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're getting to the offseason, but there's still some activities happening around Paul Brown Stadium, and we'll hear again from Zach Taylor this week. And we get the schedule this week. So some very exciting things coming up this week here on Lockdown Bengals and for the Bengals themselves. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.